Hello to all and welcome to the Friendship News Hour presented to you by Bummer Dude Media. Today is May the 19th, 2021. My name is Frank Huerta and I am joined today by Alex Kenzie as always. Hello. What's up, dude? Blessed day. <laughs> Blessed be the fruit, man. How are you? Blessed be the fruit. Do you watch that show? I fucking love that show. Oh, yes. Oh, man. We're on... Where are we at now? We're like mid-second season. Oh, just wait. Dude. Just wait. I've, dude. Dude, I've been talking about that show for years, and no one's oh been listening to me. Everyone I ask is like, no, I've heard of it. I'm like, how have you not seen this show? It's dude. the most fucked up thing I've ever seen in my life. It is, and it's dude, scary it's how maybe true it could be someday. <laughs> you know what, man? It's crazy. Dude, I, I, I think with a lot of these shows, yeah, for sure, but anything futuristically, what is what is the word I'm looking for? Like, uh, uh, like post-apocalyptical yeah. almost, kind of? yeah. That how it, how it could be. Um, if you haven't watched The Handmaid's Tale, just take a breath, be prepared, and watch the show. It's incredible. It really is. It's so funny because like my girlfriend will be like talking about how much she like how much of it is like icky and she can't like can't stand parts of it, but we can't stop watching the show. Yeah, dude. It's it's so it's, Elizabeth Moss is fucking phenomenal in dude, that role. So man. good and. I was like kind of wondering why her, you know, like, like the actress, I, I didn't know. Only I knew her from was, uh, get him to the Greek. She didn't get him to the Greek. She's, she's Jonah Hill's girlfriend. Oh shit. I, the only thing I, I didn't even realize that the thing I knew her from is Mad Men. She's like the main character in Mad Men. Uh, I've never seen Mad Men. What? Dude, yeah. Gotta watch it. As a salesman, you should definitely watch it. Donald, That's Don Draper's the man. But so she, the show focuses on her coming in as, uh, John Hamm, Don, Don Draper's, uh, like, secretary and then becoming like a badass basically oh nice nice yeah she kills her role yeah in Hand- handmaid's tale such Watch a good it. show man yeah the new season's on now the new one comes out tonight actually oh they're still making episodes yeah so the new season i think it's the fourth season now I, I can't remember what season we're on but um it comes out every wednesday now they dropped three episodes two weeks ago and then it's every wednesday there's a new one dang yeah yeah, dang, that's that. crazy. So I still I have a lot to look forward to. How many yes. seasons? What season is it right now? It's four seasons. Okay, four seasons. I think one of the things that I love about that show, uh, one of the themes, is how radical change doesn't come radically. Mm. It comes in chunks of yeah. things that we just like. Do you remember that scene when she? I forget what she needed. Maybe some medicine or something, and she couldn't pick it up without her husband's signature. Yeah. And they're both like, hmm, that's weird. And then he signs it. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like, oh, like you have, you have no idea. Like the foresight isn't there to see what is coming next. It's the, the boiled frog metaphor. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you, don't, you don't put it in there and boil water. You got to heat it up first and it'll be boiled before it knows it. Before you know it, you're having kids for other people. Against your will. Against your will. <laughs> Very much against your will. It's a great show. I don't want to spoil too much of it, but it is... Uh, the theme basically is like a future society where, uh, women have, uh, gone back to their roles, uh, that they played like in the biblical days of, you know, being a servant of the husband in a weird way, kind of, or just like a matriarch of the home and worrying about the home first, not working jobs, not even able to like read. Uh, and it, it just, it's about like America or what becomes America, um, in, in the future. And it, it is wild 10 out of 10 highly recommend. The caveat is that most women are barren. Oh, yeah. I should have mentioned that. So the select few <laughs> women who can have kids are 
captured and forced to have kids for those in power. That's as much as I'm going to tell you. Mm-hmm. It is insane. Great show. Definitely watch it. Yes. Um, Dude, guess what I got to do today? What'd you get to do today? I got to go to my gym, mask free and exercise <clears throat> and breathe. Holler. It was beautiful. Yeah, they Did sent they? it out last night and I just like squealed like a little girl and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, <laughs> definitely been a deterrent for me going to the gym. And I, I promise you, I'll find another one once this I was mask man. Say, yeah, by you mean excuse? <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, nah, man, it sucks going to the gym wearing a mask, and mm-hmm. you know it's unrealistic. I, I guess I give props to people who can actually do a hard workout and keep the whole thing on their face the whole time without breathing in their old sweat and funk. Yeah, it's gross. My mask was just like sweat, salt stains, just covering the front mm. of it. It was disgusting. That's what my running hats look like. Oh, yeah. Yep. But yeah, so that was amazing. It was funny as hell, though, because you have like half the people there that were like, fuck these masks, took them off working out. And then the other half all wearing masks. And they're all like, they're all shooting us eyes. Like mm. a lot of people that like thought masks were stupid at be- at the beginning were like shooting them. It's like it was like a role reversal for a minute. They're, it, it was it was funny. It was interesting. Yeah, man. It, I know like Trader Joe's and even Costco has said that there's not going to be any uh, mask mandates at their stores. But um, I know here in California, I think the California mask mandate supersedes that recommendation. Oh, really? So they are still requiring masks in stores. And um, I tried to go in Smart and Final the other day with Jacqueline and I got yelled at for not having a mask on. We were you just and testing I get it. it. What's that? You were just testing it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Been testing it. <laughs> Been testing I'm vaccinated. I, yeah. I'm vaccinated. But yep. you can't tell somebody that if it's policy and people get... People get... It's 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 weird. And I'm being an asshole, so I, I get it. But it's weird how... Like, people jump on the occasion to, like, enforce something. Oh, yeah, of course. You know? Mm-hmm. And this guy wasn't like, I don't think he was getting a hard on about it or anything. He, he was just enforcing policy, but he couldn't wait to tell me. <laughs> and I, I think what really is going to be the, the like tide shifter is going to be these companies that come out and say, yeah, you don't need a mask. Yeah. It's going to be companies. Even Walmart it's not going to be. Out, man. Walmart said it too. Yeah. My thing too, like I was surprised going to the gym today. I walk in. The first thing I asked is like, do you guys need to see my card? Do you need a picture of it? Put it on file, anything? No. But they sent out in the email specifically, it said, if you're not vaccinated, you must wear a mask. If you're not, mm. you can do as you please. But, like, they're not going to check to see if you have your card. So it's just right. like they take you at your word. It's like, okay, I'm not going to argue. But I saw this reel on Instagram today, and it was like, uh, how do we know people are going to be uh, – how do we know that people are vaccinated when they say they're vaccinated? And the guy was like – have you met somebody who's vaccinated? It's like CrossFit. They can't wait to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny because it's kind of true. Or at least, you know, they put it up on their Instagram story. Yeah. Um, you want to know what I did today? Yeah, do tell. I opened my Robinhood app mm. and shat my pants. Mm, 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 Dude, mm, I was mm. down a lot today. A lot of people were down a lot today. Um, Bitcoin uh, had a big sell-off today. All, a lot of cryptocurrencies had a big sell-off today. Bitcoin being the most um, significant one just at its price point. So, you know, crazy, very short history here. We're in May 2021. So a short 17 months ago, 16 months ago, Bitcoin was trading at $7,000 in the beginning of 2020. So before the pandemic, 
Bitcoin was trading at twenty at at seven thousand. Uh, it peaked at sixty four thousand in yeah. mid April, and then since then, uh, up until today, has dropped forty percent. I know a lot of people are hurting um, because a lot of people have been tempted to get into this just because it's been going up in value, right? And they, and you fear missing the boat. You have FOMO on it. You see just how much it has increased in such a short amount of time. But it's always it was it was always a volatile investment, and um, there was certainly a boom. There was a lot of talk of a bubble. And uh, it seems that, at least for now, that bubble has been burst. I don't know that it's a testament to cryptocurrency in general. I think it's a testament to the nature of markets uh, more than it is anything. Uh, And I think that if you want to take some unsolicited advice, then right now is probably the perfect time to buy Bitcoin. Uh, I, I don't imagine it going uh down like this for the long haul i mean i think i think bitcoin is certainly here to stay um another thing that drove bitcoin down was that uh there was a big crackdown in china um i did not hear china this. has yeah it's, well, i don't know many details in it china has a really long history of manipulating their currency um in order to stave off inflation in order to make things appear nice and rosy inside the communist party. But, um, they have cracked down on Bitcoin in a big way in China. Um, but also, uh, Elon Musk just, a short time ago, um, tweeted about Bitcoin and said that, um, Tesla is not going to accept any Bitcoin as payment because of the, uh, the way in which it mines Bitcoin, the way in way the way in which Bitcoin mines its currency, um, sucks up a lot of energy. And today he tweeted out uh, a diamond. So Tesla has diamond hands. It's an emoji of a diamond and some hands, which is which is uh, usually a phrase used when you're indicating like a, a hold strategy for your assets. So. It looks like Elon Musk is moving the needle on this in a substantial way. And I my only question is, why are we taking our cues for investment from Elon Musk? Does that make sense to you? It makes sense to me. I, I think it's only because of the impact that he has when he tweets this shit and Dogecoin jumps 40% in a day or, you know, he, I mean, they bought like a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin a couple months ago and, and it started to go up then too. Like it, he is such like a powerful figure these days and he's like into so many things where it's like electric vehicles look like the future, you know, interplanetary life looks like the future. It's like, so like a lot of people I think trust him, um, whether that, trust is in good faith or not but i think they just like trust what he's saying and that he like has a good vision of whatever the future is going to be and if he's saying you know doge to the moon doge to the fucking moon well i i don't i don't want to let him off the hook because if you are elon musk i think you do have to take in in you have to take in stock that your voice has a lot of pool Mm. but at the same time if you're making a direct correlation with Elon Musk and his business ventures to your investment strategy, 
you're a fucking moron. I'm sorry, <laughs> you're a fucking moron. And if you're losing money today because you decided to follow Elon Musk, that isn't his fault. He's also said, like, don't put your savings into crypto. It's a fun thing to do, like, on the side if you have a little bit of extra money and you want to mess around with yes. it. Yes. But I've watched interviews of him saying, like, do not, like, dive into crypto. So I, no. I don't think he is trying to, like, fuck people over either, though, you know? No. You know, if you were to get into crypto today, you're still considered an early adopter of this. So yeah. it is by no means a, uh, what am I looking for? Uh, established investment. By no means. If you can drop 40% in a month and a half, yeah, you're, you're, you have, your foundation is not there. And, you know... Doge was fun. I bought it. I'm holding it currently. I'll probably hold it for the rest of my life just because of what it is, a meme investment. It's an investment based on a meme, you know, and these things can get convoluted because it does have value as a cryptocurrency, just like any other of these shit coins that you, that you buy um, have some intrinsic value as a currency, right? Like, like Elon Musk said that he would accept Dogecoin as a payment to take a trip on one of his rockets and you know, good luck for you if you want to do that. Um, yeah. I would never want to be an early adopter of uh, riding in a rocket, but, but yeah, I mean like it's, it is what it's always been a really shaky investment. And I just, I, I find it so interesting that so many people just decide to like ride the coattails of one guy tweeting and make decisions or allow for his tweets to move the needle because it's not like he tweets and something happens. It's he tweets and then people do things. Right. That's how it should be read. People do things based off of his tweets and he's not directing them at all. He is just being Elon Musk. So yeah, man, I think a lot of people are, are losing a lot of money today who have put a lot of money into either Bitcoin or some other thing that they rode on hype and are kind of seeing the effects of that. And, you know, a lot of serious investors, when asked about this, you know, back in, in the late uh, winter, early spring, all said the same thing. Uh, this usually ends in heartbreak. And I think we're seeing mm -hmm. that today. You think it's going to bounce back or you think it's the beginning of the end for crypto? For No, 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 no. Crypt crypto is certainly not going anywhere. Um, and like neither is Bitcoin or any of the other big players in crypto, um, ETH and like ETH and Bitcoin really, I mean, you can get into the weeds of all these other things, but like if you buy an NFT, it has to be on the ETH blockchain, right? So that right. has some teeth. Bitcoin is accepted in more places every single day that has some teeth. And right now the dollar is not looking good. So anytime the dollar is not good, that's good news for Bitcoin. Um, there's still some things that tell you that you might want to invest in it. But like like you said, if it's not money that you are willing to lose, I, I mean, I don't know. Scared money doesn't make money, but it just, when you're talking about investments, things like this happen all of the time. And it, it it's always so funny to me that the, the memory is so short-term with people about, about uh, bubbles and dips in the market and things like this happening on a consistent basis. It happens all of the time. And the motion is always the same. It's it's mm -hmm. a, a it's an amazing phenomenon to to uh, witness. 
And, uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Elon Musk and electric vehicles being the future. And um, I don't know if you saw this story. It came out yesterday about Lamborghini. Mm -mm. And they have said that they are going to go full plug-in hybrid and then full electric by 2024. That's in three years. Wow. Um, Yeah. Do they have any electric cars right now? Do you know? I don't think so. Um, Wow. That's a big jump. I don't believe that they do. And, and and it's funny, man, because a lot of these cars, I'll get into it in a second, but a lot of these car companies are promising a shift into electric uh, vehicles, and some of them don't have, have any yet. Um, mm. But let's see here. Yeah, it doesn't say anything about a, um, a current electric vehicle. Um, but I, I did want to just briefly... Um, talk about the different plans from different car makers because the electric revolution is it's here, but it's not, it's very interesting. So I'll I'll talk about it in a second, but um, here we'll go across the board here. Tesla uh, has doubled their model three production um, or was supposed to double the model three production last year. Um, GM will have 20 all electric cars by 2023. Uh, Audi will have 30 uh, battery electric and uh, plug-in hybrid electric vehicles by 2025. Daimler Chrysler will have 10 all-new electric vehicles by 2022, and they plan to electrify the entire Mercedes-Benz portfolio. So every single Mercedes-Benz car that you can buy today will be electric in the future. Um, Hyundai will have 44 electrified Hyundai Kia Genesis models by 2025. Ford will have 16 fully electric vehicles and 40 electrified vehicles through 2022. The difference between fully electric and electrified is just hybrid. So one's one's a, uh, a battery electric vehicle and one is like a hybrid that you can use uh, gas with. Uh, Porsche will have the first all-electric compact SUV, the Macan, and the third electric vehicle after the Taycan and Cross Turimo. So they are leading the way. Uh, in electric SUVs and Jaguar Land Rover has claimed that every Jaguar and Land Rover launched from 2020 will be electrified. And uh, let's see, what is this one? Volkswagen, almost 70 new electric vehicle models by 2028. And Volvo, 50% of Volvo car sales volume to be fully electric by 2025. Now, if I were to say that to you today, May 19th, 2021, what is the percent of electric vehicles that you think are on the road today? Mm, I guess it'd be like five. 2%. 5%. Okay, wow. 2% of vehicles on the road today are electric. There were 63 million vehicles sold last year, down from 70 in 2019 because of the pandemic reasons, obviously. How many of those were electric of 63 million. And this is this is globally. Um 500,000. 11 11 million. So 11 of the 63 million cars sold wow. globally last year were electric. I'm not good at guessing. So it's to me it's just like a an interesting little paradox because We've said this before. You have to put the cart before the horse. You have to have the infrastructure before you sell the vehicles en masse. 
like you want to. Um, and I guess if we're being forced to buy them or they're phasing out electric vehicles altogether, then cool. But like in California, there's infrastructure for electric vehicles, man. And if you're not driving a Tesla, I don't see a ton of them out there, which to me kind of symbolizes that the demand isn't there. Or is it probably that the cost you're scared so to adopt the technology? Well, I, the cost is probably crazy on those vehicles, right? Compared oh, no. to like a gas. Oh, no. No? Very much. No, mm-hmm. unless you're talking Tesla. And even Tesla's made it affordable. Unless you're talking Tesla, Chevy Bolt is a great price range. Like right up there mm. with any combustion vehicle. Um, Kia, Hyundai, all right there. Nissan, Leaf, all right there. Very affordable. And... There are more incentives that you can shake a stick at for you to get an electric vehicle, particularly in California. I think hmm. I think just buying one, you get like a $7,500 rebate on your taxes. I think that's federally. And then in California, you just get all sorts of them. So there's incentives to do it. They want people to do it. But the demand isn't reaching. And, you know, there's there's all these proclamations. So... Um, God, I should, I should know this before I start speaking on it, but there was a, an international organization on climate change that had recommended that all, all fossil fuel ventures, like, like pumping fossil fuels from the earth should cease immediately if we want to reach our goals. So they're saying we need to stop looking for oil right now. Which, mm. it's a ridiculous proposition if you know anything about how you develop third world yeah. countries. You can't do it through electricity because you don't have electricity. Like, you have to use petroleum. You have to look at countries like the United States and China and um, any developed country in, in Europe who are doing our part. I mean, don't get me wrong, man. The United States, for the, the goals that we have in the future, are already very, very good with what we do air quality wise. Mm. Um, but it's putting the onus on these countries to make sure that they are doing everything they can to remove their dependency on fossil fuel so that you can allow these developing countries to use that fossil fuel to get themselves then dependent. You can't just replace it. It doesn't exist like that. And if you're saying 98% of the cars on the road are, you know, use fossil fuels, use combustion to go, if you can't stop mining today, because like I just bought a car this year that that right. runs on gas, like I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna hopefully use that car for you know ten 15, whatever years. Um, that, that's got to be readily available now. It does make me think though, like by 2025, 2030, is gas gonna be down to like a dollar fifty a dollar a gallon because there's not as nearly as much to demand, or will it go up because like they won't need as much here? It'll be in shorter supply, so it'll be more coveted. You know what I mean? It's hard to tell. I mean, if you're if you're looking at it just from a purely economic standpoint, then then if you had less of a demand for oil, then it would it um, it would be a, a, of a cheaper price. But we don't really get to dictate production on that. And we did bef- before this mm. current administration. We absolutely did. And we don't anymore, and so we're relying on foreign oil. And so uh, I would imagine it would stay more or less the same or or go higher. I don't think it's going to go lower. Um, California has a very 
lofty goal. It's not even a goal. It was like a decree. It was a it was a it was a mandate sent sent in by the governor not too long ago that said that all internal combustion engines. Let me rephrase that. Any new car sold after 2035 cannot have an internal combustion engine. Hmm. So all new car sales will have to be zero emission vehicle, whether it's electric or plug-in hybrid or um, uh, hydrogen. So hydrogen doesn't exist anywhere else in the country, but it exists in California, and it actually exists. There's only a handful, but if you're in any sort of major city in California, you have access to hydrogen uh, as a fuel. So you could buy like a uh, uh, who makes the Mirai Hyundai Mirai. I think so. Um, okay. And you could you could fuel your car up with hydrogen. So those options are available. But, you know, California sets the goal for the entire country. They're, they're leading the way for everything. So as advanced as we are in this, nobody else is, is this advanced. Washington State's doing some good things. Oregon's doing some good things. Everybody else is just kind of like in, the, in a lull, if you will. So, yeah, man, I mean... Matching our goals for for climate change with what we want or need as a as a as a society, I don't know, man. It'll it'll be interesting to see. I, I don't know that you can just do it full stop like like it's like it's planning on for sure. Mm-hmm. We'll see. That's yeah, be really interesting, man. I don't know how like what that looks like or like the the only way that they're going to be able to make it spread or like become more adopted is by incentivizing it like you're saying they're doing in california they're gonna have to give you tax breaks they're gonna have to either do that or like have a way to convert your car to electric or something like i i don't know how else they would say expect people to like switch over from something that has been working you know forever no right exactly and you have to you have to make it more or less seamless from what you currently experience um like, for example, for me, I could not own an electric vehicle because I, where I live, it's all street parking. So I can't mm-hmm. park at my house and, and, and plug in. And I don't have one at my work. Yeah. So how do I mitigate that? I don't, you know, yeah, the, yeah. unless I'm going to, you know, unless there's technology. So right now, the, the, the best technology that's out there is the Tesla supercharger for, for tr- charging your car fast. And it can charge, I think, up to like 500 kilowatts an hour. But that doesn't matter unless your vehicle can accept that kind of juice. And the, uh, the most amount of juice that a vehicle can accept right now is the Porsche Macan or, or Taycan at like 275 kilowatts an hour. But like a, uh, like a regular Nissan Leaf, that's like 125 kilowatts an hour. So if you have to go to like a gas station to plug in your car, you're going to be there for like a half hour just to get to where you need to go. And it's going to cost you a lot yeah. of money. And, you know, yeah. or if you're going on like a cross country trip, like I think even like the good Tesla's only get like 450 miles to the charge. So oh, it's that's, like, that's very liberal. What do you mean? Like, that's not actually like, no, like 300, 350, maybe. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, so yeah. So like you're going to take a Tesla, you know, whatever, and then stop f- for half an hour to an hour, fill up, then do that, you know, next chunk, like to get to California from here, it'd take mm-hmm. me days as opposed to, I can drive a car, stop for five minutes, take a piss, get back on the road, drive that same distance again, 
five minutes, take a piss, get back on the road, and I'm there yeah. in you know 24 hours or whatever. And that's so, what's so intriguing about hydrogen is that it's the same model. You're you're feeling you're feeling your car with with fuel with a tangible mm. fuel that goes in about the same rate as gasoline. I, hydrogen's a different beast because everybody would think like, oh yeah, but my car's going to explode. No, they're incredibly safe. The the problem with it is sourcing the actual molecules and getting uh, hydrogen, getting enough hydrogen to where it needs to be. And they're trying to, so I think where you're going to see the dominoes fall is not in passenger vehicles, but in heavy, medium to heavy duty vehicles. Mm-hmm. Once you can figure out that technology, once you can figure out how to make these cars or the, these trucks not use diesel to get where they need to go consistently, like it's not going to work in a battery, right? You're not going to sit and charge for however many hours you need to charge up a semi. That That is ridiculous. <laughs> it defeats the whole purpose of, of long-haul trucking because you need to get to where right. you're going fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you can do it with hydrogen, and boom. Yeah. And you're not just like you're filling up diesel. And hi- all hydrogen is, all hydrogen is is a... Is a a battery vehicle, but instead of charging the battery from a plug, you charge it with a reaction of hydrogen and oxygen. Is that more combustible than like normal gasoline? Oh though? yeah, yeah. Oh and that's yeah, the hydrogen bomb, bomb brother. Yeah, yeah. Look up the Zeppelin. Come back to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> but no, like I said, they're incredibly safe. I mean, they they've taken yeah. into account the 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 volatility of the molecule of hydrogen. I mean, it's it's incredibly unstable molecule. But they've had that problem more or less figured out. Um, nobody's going to build a hydrogen vehicle and then roll it out like they rolled out the Pinto. <laughs> Do you remember the Pinto? Uh, that, when was that? That was a while ago, right? 70s, man. Yeah. This is one of my most frequented case studies in business school was the Pinto. The Pinto mm-hmm. was built by Ford under, uh, very, under very strict budgetary concerns. So they wanted a car that was like, I think like $2,500 or $2,400 to make. And the guy running Ford at the time was the guy by the name of Lee Iacocca. If you've ever seen Ford versus Ferrari, you know who Lee Iacocca is. Lee Iacocca approved this car, the Pinto. And in order to make it fit the budget they needed, they had to put the gas tank like right in the back of the vehicle instead of on the side where it usually is. Mm -hmm. So if you crashed into a Pinto from the back going like 20 miles an hour, the whole fucking thing explodes. What? Swear to God, dude, swear. Jesus. So Ford knew this. They knew it to the point where they put a dollar value on the amount of money they would have to spend on lawsuits oh for this God. car. And they ah. decided that the amount of money of the lawsuits that they would have to pay was less than the amount of money they would make from selling the vehicle. So they sold the vehicle. Oh, my God. There was a case that came into, it was in California, I believe, and it was like a grandma and her grandson. It was a family member and a, and a very small family member. They were in the car. They got hit from behind. They were either the kid or both of them burned alive. And the family sued Ford and the judge uh, awarded punitive damage so it wasn't criminal but it was punitive damage to the family i think it was like i can't remember i don't want to misrepresent the number but it was at the date the highest punitive case awarded to anybody in the history of the united states and it was to send a very clear message that this behavior was unacceptable Mm -hmm. um so anyway were we talking about hydrogen cars it's not that it is safer than that. It is just fine in the molecules. Mm-hmm. This seems like a, a good a time as any to let you guys know 
that drinking a good, smooth cup of coffee is a treat all by itself. But when it helps American heroes like veterans and first responders, it is that much better. Gun Barrel Coffee is proud to donate $1 from every item purchased to veterans and first responder charities all across the country. From their medium blend, the Moab, mother of all beans, which I've been drinking a lot lately, uh, to their Double Dark, the Battleship Roast, and even their CBD-infused blend, the Medic, all their coffees are smooth without that acid and bitterness you find in so many coffees. Uh, and actually today, I'm pumped about this, they just announced that they have their very own hot sauce now, which is infused with coffee. Uh, that is called the Big Guns, so I'm very excited to try that out. Um, but back to the coffee, they offer 14 different blends and roasts in which you can get whole bean ground or single-serve pods. Right now, as a listener of our podcast, you can use the promo code FNH10 to save 10% at checkout when you visit GunBarrelCoffee.com. Please do so. Let them know we sent you. Gun Barrel Coffee. Damn good coffee. Damn good cause. Mm-mm. Did you say coffee-infused hot sauce? Hot sauce-infused with coffee. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, yep. Weird. Yep. Well, we get, we get to try it soon. So oh, really? They're gonna shoot us some. Yeah. Oh, so nice. we can do a review on the podcast. I wonder if that would go, that would um, go good on some uh, on some beef. Oh yes. Oh yes. So I'm excited for that. Um, back to the news. Today, um, there was a pretty cool thing that came out in North Carolina. Uh, a federal jury has awarded $75 million to two brothers uh, who were wrongly convicted of a crime and served over 30 years in prison for a murder they did not commit. Which is bonkers. Mm. $75 million? Yeah. Yeah, double that. <laughs> so Leon Brown and Henry McCollum were arrested in 1983 and spent 31 years in prison uh, before the half brothers were exonerated in 2014. 31 years. You believe that shit? 31 uh, years, man. and you know you're an innocent man rotting in prison. God bless. Yeah, and, and their story the whole time is that their testimony, because they pled play, guilty, but they said that their testimony was corroborated and they were forced to do so, and nobody believed them. Um, and, and the way the whole case got flipped is they ran DNA on a cigarette, but that I guess they had an evidence or, you know, I, I don't know how that goes unseen for 31 years, but the DNA was linked to another suspect they had at a time. Um, and you know, 31 years later they get exonerated. Um, so insane, but basically the murder was a, uh, rape and murder of an 11 year old named Sabrina. I think it's Bui. It's B-U-I-E, uh, in Red Springs, North Carolina. And originally, they were both sentenced to death, um, although the, the sentences were later changed. Um, but basically, they, a, the federal jury uh, decided that both of them should be compensated for their time in prison. Uh, and this took six years. They, they were out in 2014 and filed a lawsuit shortly thereafter. Uh, and they were awarded $31 million each in compensation or compository damages. Uh, compensatory. I, I really don't know how to talk compensatory. sometimes. Compensatory. So you're saying they got out of prison in 2014 and then they had to fight legally for six years to get compensated for their 31 years in prison. Exactly. Fuck. Yep. <laughs> and in many states, you're not even allowed to do that. Like, Luckily, in North Carolina, they're able to go and make a case and, and get compensation. But in, in a few states, like the, you, it's just you're out of jail now, but there's no path to like any kind of compensation for like losing your life, basically. Um, but so yeah, these guys got a million dollars per year that they were incarcerated and they'll also receive an additional 13 million total in punitive damages. 
Um, but it's significant because exonerees in the United States, like I was kind of saying, are not guaranteed compensation. Um, it's, it is that way in 35 states, but you know, in 15 other states, you're just kind of like, eh, sorry. Tough like, luck. Our bad. So, Whoops. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking into the story and it looks like they, they knew more. So obviously you said they, they, uh, were, were forced to, uh, plead guilty to this. They were forced to confess to the crime, but it looks like the attorney at the time knew that they were withholding evidence and yeah pretty much f- more or less framed these guys yeah they withheld information from them um these two guys happen to be black so i mean who knows 80s you know race could have played into it for sure race could still play into it today who knows um but you know so it kind of looks like they got framed just a little bit and at the at the root of all this is this poor 11-year-old girl who has been raped and murdered and her family is presented a, a justice of fiction. And now yeah. this family has to wonder, do we know who did it? Is there, is there anybody that they have leads for who did it? Yeah, so f- from that cigarette that they, they pulled the DNA off that cigarette um, and they tied another person to the crime who uh, it, it sounds like has since been arrested and whatnot. But he's gotten okay. off for 30 some years on murder. Of a of a kid, you know, like that's that's insane. Um, but it, I guess it sounds like they framed him or they're easy targets because it said at the time of this murder, uh, Mr. McCollum was 19 and had a very low IQ, uh, which was like which the pro- the uh, attorney compared to a nine year old boy. So it, it sounds oh, so like he had dumb some dumb as rocks. Yeah, he had some disabilities, oh, and it just looked like it was you know like a, a Green Mile situation almost or something. Um, but so there is an organization called the innocence project, uh, who along with other groups across the country have been advocating for these wrong, wrongful convictions and for compensation to come to them. Like I said, in 15 States, you, you, you just have no path to do so. Um, since 1989, more than 2,700 people who were wrongfully, wrongfully convicted have been exonerated of state and federal crimes, according to the national registry of exoneration. About 50% of the wrongfully convicted people in the registry happen to be black, and uh, less than 10% are women. So um, it, those are just stats. I, you know, I'm not making any claims, but it seems like perhaps there's, uh, you know, people have been framed or, you know, not represented to the best degree. And a lot of these, you know, situations can, can lead to wrongful imprisonment, it would appear. Yeah, I, I'd be curious to see what the law is against misrepresenting evidence in court. I mean, obviously there's a law against it, right? There, it doesn't make sense that there wouldn't be. Right. But if you're an investigator or you're a prosecutor in this and you know that you have a case that you can make where it's not going to get, that th- these guys are going to get convicted and you're going to put this one to bed and you pursue that and you wash your hands clean of it, then I would imagine you have no fear of retribution for what you've just done. And yeah, regardless of how of how it's motivated, you know the real. I think the real thing that we need to fight for here is like life in prison for somebody who does this, who who can provably, we could provably show that they falsified information, they put the wrong people in jail. Oh, you're saying like prosecutor? Yes. Oh yeah. Investigator, whoever it was that was worked on this case, is criminally tried. 
regardless of how long, no statute limitation. Mm-hmm. You know, I know this is kind of uh, reducing it a little bit, but when we were, when I worked in the tire shop at Costco, if a car drove off from being worked on at the tire shop and a wheel fell off that car, every single person that worked in the tire shop day was fired. Fired wow. immediately wow. on the spot. Boom. Doesn't matter. Mm. You were culpable. You were there. And since we can't really, I mean, we could probably pinpoint who exactly worked on the car. Everyone was there. Everyone was culpable. There's checks and balances to it. And everybody didn't do their job. Everybody is fired because you put a life in danger. I mean, wow. it should be that way times 10 with things like this. I mean, yeah, you stole 31 years of life from two different people, 60 some years of life. You know, if you can't maneuver within the truth, and this goes for almost any agency that that has anything to do with how our society runs, the press, the media, the the law, uh, politicians. If you can't maneuver in the truth, then whatever rules that are in place, whatever, whatever things that we want to have accomplished mean absolutely nothing. And yeah. I'm sure this is not a great sample size for attorneys, prosecutors, investigators, people who are out there doing their job, wanting to make the world a better place by putting bad people behind bars who rape and kill children. But it seems to me in this situation that that the people who were working on this case were had, had, had malicious intent when they falsified information to get these people convicted. And that is a yeah. crime that I don't think has any justification for. And um, I don't know. I'm not a I'm not a advocate per se of the death penalty, but if there's any one case where I think that the death penalty is warranted, it is this: when you steal away 31 years of of two men and you put them in a fucking cell to rot, that it just boils my blood to no end to hear stories like this. Yeah, I myself I am an advocate for it, but it, it the death makes, penalty. Yes, for sure. Um, I, I think it would save a lot of tax dollars. I think it would severely. Uh, I can't even think of the word. It would make people not want to commit a lot of the horrible crimes they do. I believe like if, if they knew the punishment was way worse than going to basically live and have your food and everything covered, you know, for some people like prison, isn't that scary of a thing? Like I can go still be within my gang culture, have my meals, my healthcare, my education, everything provided for me, my rent, you know, I can go and do all this shit for free. Like to some, I don't think it's that big of a deterrent to a lot of people. That's the word I was looking for, deterrent. But if you're a guy, if you're somebody who commits a crime that warrants the death penalty, and mm-hmm. you're put to death, I mean, maybe after the after the crime that you're gonna you're gonna feel some remorse. But it seems to me that these people were going to do the crimes regardless of what the penalty was. But don't you think like a lot of the people like maybe in gang lifestyles and other shit like that, like when they're young or whatever, like if they see people going away for ah, oh, this dude did a drive by and he got put to death, like they'd be way less likely to like want or to like idolize that lifestyle if like they knew they could get killed for it. I feel like it would somewhat deter some people. I mean, I mean the fucking sick fucks are like the psychos. They're always going to be there. You're not going to stop those people. But if you're talking about somebody in, in a gang, they're not, I mean, they're not afraid to die. Yeah. Fuck. That's True. why they're there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Ultimately, a running joke. Yeah. see it past yeah. 21. You know, I, 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 I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. The death penalty is a tricky one because, are I mean, are there crimes that deserve it? Yeah, probably. Is it the state's job to to say so? I mean, that's weird, right? Isn't it just like on its face weird? 
Well, the state has to fund the rest of their life, though, for like a dirt bag. Which is you know? also kind of fucked up, right? Yeah. Kind of. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it like sets up a system where, I mean, they fund it, but like they're profiting off of the like not like prisons that aren't privatized. So like it would it would make sense for them to want their police force to crack down on certain populations or certain people to then provide them with people that get them tax dollars to f- then fund their their facility. You know, like yeah, it, it sets yeah. up a very quick snowball effect of fucked up things. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. I've always thought as the death penalty is like more or less a mercy. Mm, yeah, you know, for sure. If you're spending life, you're, the rest of your life in jail, I'm like, I can't speak for anybody. If you, if you find a way to make better your life and use yourself as an example in prison through your mistakes and then you're, you're making good on those... Um, you know, that's a cool positive thing that I think it happens. I don't know that happens all the time. Um, but I don't know, man, the death penalty for me, it's always been weird. It's always just been a weird thing. It's, it's hard. Cause it, I would, I think an eye for an eye is more effective than an eye for 25 years plus or whatever, you know, like it's, yeah, I look at things <sighs> like, uh, like drug law and mm-hmm. I think the common thought was that if there's a drug problem that you need to uh, criminalize it more than you don't in order to make the punishment for either possessing drugs or dealing drugs so harsh that it would deter you from doing it. And I think we've seen that that doesn't work. Mm. And so if you start loosening the restrictions on what is uh, eligible for the death penalty and what isn't, and you start making it easier for people to be put to death, I think you're just going to be putting more people to death. I don't think you're going to deter anybody from being put to death. Sure. And in a case like these guys, you know, in the 80s, they would have been put to death long before, you know, 30-some years later probably. And then, you know, two guys that didn't deserve to die at all, like, would have been put, would have been killed. So yeah, it, it's hard. But so actually, to kind of bring it back to present day, Last week, South Carolina's Republican governor, uh, Henry McMaster, what a name, right, Um, signed a bill into law that (laughs) sounds like it's from like the early 1900s, 1800s, man. Um, It says that now death row inmates must choose whether to be executed by the electric chair or a firing squad if lethal injections are like if the drugs to do lethal injections are unavailable. What? Yeah, so I, I didn't, I honestly, I didn't know this. So I looked into it. It was a really cool thing to kind of read into. We'll obviously post it on our Twitter. Um, but so lethal injection, it's like the preferred method of execution in the States has been for quite a while. It, it seems to be like the least painful, the most humane means to an end. Um, but in recent years, they, a lot of States have had difficulty obtaining the drugs to do this as a lot of pharmaceutical companies have blocked the sale of their drugs being sold to states that are going to be used in executions. Hmm. So in South Carolina, uh, as they have not executed anyone in like 10 years, their drugs had expired um, while they were, you know, before another execution was up. So they basically had people on death row who were, you know, should have been executed by this point, but weren't because they had no way to do it, like to do it like in a way that was, not frowned upon or like legal in any way. Sure, so sure. 
they they push this through as just another way to have a way to do this and a way i guess maybe to say f you to the drug companies you're not going to control this narrative anymore um and i it's just it's wild to think about like that you could be shot by a firing squad it, it seems like something out of like nazi germany that's what i would choose hey that was their yeah. that was their preferred method that was the most honorable way to to die if you were going to be put to death firing squad Really? Yeah, no doubt. That's what. That's how mm. they wanted to go. If, you know, that's that is the, um, that was like the military honorable way to be put to death. What would you choose? Honestly, I mean, lethal injection. It sounds like you just fall asleep. So, like, painful wise, that's probably like the way to go. But if you're want, if you want something quicker, yeah, I'd probably go firing squad. I don't want to be electrocuted. I don't want to be hung oh, from a tree. Oh, fuck. It looks like there's only four states that allow for firing squad as an alternative method to being put to death, Utah, Oklahoma, Mississippi, and South Carolina. Um, yes. <laughs> New Hampshire, you can hang people. That's I was going to say, so as I was researching this, I f there's a lot of kind of things that I, I would have thought that this would have gone away by now. I would have thought it's like all lethal injection. But in eight states, uh, electrocution is still alive. or uh, uh, <laughs> Electrocution is still allowed. Uh, Alabama, well. Arkansas, Florida, Kentucky, Mississippi, Oklahoma, and Tennessee, as well as South Carolina. Uh, lethal gas is permitted uh, for executions in seven states, Alabama, Arizona, California, Mississippi, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Wyoming. Um, and in three states, you can still be hung, Delaware, New Hampshire, and in Washington. Uh, and like you're saying, firing squads are still allowed in, uh, I think it was four states. Um, and the way that works, like so in Utah, a squad of sharpshooters, which are volunteers, like just people that sign up, uh, it says it's solicited from corrections employees or law enforcement. They, they, they are the ones that carry out the execution. And mm -hmm. the prisoner is strapped into a chair, has a hood put over his or her face, and a target placed on his or her chest above the heart. There are sandbags around the chair in case there are uh, any stray bullets or ricochets. Uh, done properly, the sharpshooters should be able to hit the target and... Um, if there are five sharpshooters, four of them have live ammunition, one has a blank. So they all have like some form of deniability and then they all fire at once. Yeah, man. I think the most humane way is just put a handgun to the back of somebody's head and pull the trigger. Yeah. Instantaneously. Yeah. Pain. If you're going to kill somebody, mm. uh, I don't know, that, that, may, that, that may be a little bit more gruesome than people want to watch, especially if it's going to be a public thing. But why well, go through all the pomp and circumstance of... Because we don't, yeah. do we know what happens if you put somebody to death with lethal injection? I mean, isn't there isn't there like a lot of ambiguity as to whether or not that person's suffering? Because you can't tell because they're asleep. Yeah, I'm sure they've done studies on it. If it's like the most accepted thing across the country, from what I understand, like you just you fall like you're dead instantly. Like it's like a you fall asleep and it's that's it. You're they put gone. you to sleep and then they they put your heart they make your heart they stop it. Like that. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I don't know, but that, that sounds like a better way than a gun to the back of the head. That sounds pretty, that sounds pretty brutal, man. It's brutal, <laughs> but, it probably but it's, just as effective. isn't that like more like, isn't that what you do to your dog? No, you don't. You take your dog to the vet and you put it down. But like if you like back in the day, that that's what happened, right? You take old Bessie out, you know, old and yeller, yeah. that's the most humane way. That's how they do. Yeah, true. That's how they kill cows with a, yeah. a pneumatic, uh, hmm. like a pneumatic pin gun. Really? Yeah, so it's just like a gun that looks like a regular gun, and then it uses like a bunch of air pressure, and it pushes out this metal beam straight into their brain, goes back in, 
That's how they kill cows. Oh. I, yeah. would guess, I would guess it's probably quick and painless, though. Quick and painless, man. <sighs> if you're going to do it, I mean, the most merciless way to, or merciful way to do it, if you're going to do it. Um, firing squad, to me, seems, I mean, that, that's a military tradition. That seems like too much work, too much, like, pomp and circumstance and, you know. <laughs> but think about all these, like, prison guards and law enforcement guys. They're probably like, I will gladly do that. I'll sign up. I'll, I would you love think, to volunteer. <laughs> I don't know. I think maybe initially... <laughs> I don't know. You'd yeah, probably you deal, it's a prison guard. Prison, yeah, sure. think about all the people you deal with, man. You're probably like, fuck these dudes. This dude like raped and killed a kid. Fuck this. Yeah, like, I don't know. I, it wouldn't be that hard for me to pull that trigger, honestly. You don't? Th- you think so? I mean, given, I mean, if there was no question of a doubt of what that person did, yeah, for sure, I'd, mm. I'd I would sleep fine at night. Maybe that makes me a serial killer at heart. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, 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 don't I don't know. It, it's it's still a thing. You're still taking away a life. Regardless of how justified it is, I, I, there's plenty of people that I think are on death row that probably deserve to not be alive for what they've done. Um, right, but, but to, to be the to be the facilitator of that, it's another another thing altogether. Yeah, man. I but think about like job. serving in the military, like fighting in World War II. Like you're fighting people that are actively putting Jewish people into you know slave camps and and gassing them and killing them like that. I mean, do you think you could have fought for the United States in, in the World War II and, like, morally felt okay about it? Yeah, I mean, if your country's under attack and been declared war from other people who are trying to, you know, actively hurt you and your and your country and your countrymen, that's that's a different story. But I think the same thing that allows you to kill somebody at war and allows you to kill somebody who has committed a crime that is justified de- the death penalty is that you have to dehumanize this person, like you just said. Yeah, well, what they've done, right? So they're less than because of what they've done. They deserve it. They're going to die, and I'm going to be the one to facilitate that. You, you still have to break down in your mind the fact that this person is a human being at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the military. This person's a human being you're fighting against. He has a family just like yours probably, kids, mother, aunt, uncle, you know. Um, but at the end of the day, he represents an idea or a nation or a country that is trying to bring me harm. And so I'm justified in this because if I don't do this, then the life I have back home ceases to exist. So I have to dehumanize this person in order to justify myself potentially murdering them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, to me, I don't know if that makes you weak or strong or not, but I certainly don't have the stomach for it. Sure. I don't think I ever could. And I'll, Ask me again when I have kids. <laughs> yeah, Maybe. right. That's that's Maybe. also I was thinking. Like, think about like a family member, bro. Yeah. Someone like yeah. that. Like, they'd be For like, sure. yeah, Dude, please. There I'd was a story that came out. Like, see, this is the thing. Like, I could see myself irrationally acting and killing somebody. There's a story that came out yesterday about this guy. He's like an 18-year-old kid, dude. Like an 18-year-old, regular-ass-looking black dude. You, you could see him and couldn't pick him out in a crowd in Toledo, Ohio. Mm-hmm. And he breaks into this house and there's two four-year-old boys in a bed sleeping together. And he's Mm. just like standing over them. And he stands over him for like a minute, dude. And he's standing over him. He's standing over him. You can tell he's kind of plotting. He's just kind of standing and looking. And this is this sudden, on camera, you said? I'm sorry. It's on a camera. Yeah, it's on camera. Okay. It's, it's, yeah. it's, on a, it's on a camera that's in this kid's room. And then he just picks up this kid. Picks him up, walks out with him. And this is like 4 a.m. 4 a. Um, two or three hours later, his kid's found dead 
stabbed multiple times in a pool of his own blood on the side of the road. There's video of the same guy, same 18-year-old, coming back to the house, probably to get the other kid, getting spooked and running away. So it's like, if I catch that guy in the act and that's my kid, or if it's even like my nephew or even my friend's kid or something, you know, it's like, what? I can't, I can't speak for that instance and how I would react in that, in that. Oh, I know exactly how I would, how I would react. <laughs> that's, I would that's like, right. Maybe I'm a serial killer, man. I don't know. Yeah. I've got, well, maybe, <laughs> you know, you look like you might be one. Yeah. That's, and that's not, that's, I'm not dissing you, man. And that's not a no, compliment man. either, but I don't know what that was. Um, <laughs> I would like to think that I would be, um, I would have a measured reaction. I would like to think that I would like to think that I would be measured in my response to that yeah. be, because of the values and the morals that I, that I hold. But like that shit goes right out the window instantly. Mm-hmm. And so while it is a crime, if you were to react to that, I, I don't, I don't know that anybody would blame you. And it's probably a crime that you'd be willing to pay the price for. Yeah. How would that work? Like if you caught someone, stealing your kid and you killed them or like in the act of murdering your kid and you murdered them. Are you justified in, in that murder? Like, would you be tried? You think by like, would a jury convict you? Well, in the eyes of the law, it's murder. Yeah. So it would be up to whatever, wherever you're at, it would be up to the, the attorney general to say, yeah, I want to persecute this guy or not. Mm-hmm. I just, I, I don't, can't believe a six to 10 person jury would, there wouldn't be one person that'd be like, yeah, yeah, that was pretty just like how you wouldn't have a split jury. Yeah, but if you're in, but in the eyes of the law, man. I mean, I, yeah. I get what you're saying, but in the eyes of the law, it's murder. So if you're a, if you're in the jury and you're looking at this case, you're looking at this guy tried for murder, and they're making the case that he murdered somebody. I mean, he murdered somebody, regardless right. of the circumstances. That that instance right there, even though that's a kind of a fucked up situation, that is why I love the American justice system, because it works yeah. blindly. It can work blindly for for some reason here, and it can work blindly for a, a dad who caught somebody, you know, trying to kill their daughter. It works the same way, and it's just up to a district attorney whether or not they want to persecute that case or not. Um, and I would hope that you know you, you take take a look at the situation, and you know, I don't know if you have to do your job, maybe charge him with like manslaughter and give him probation or something. But anyways. Purely yeah. hypothetical, a very morbid way to end the show, but here we are. <laughs> uh, we got to find more fun shit to talk about, man. Yeah, seriously. No kidding. Uh, tell us where they can uh, hit us up. Well, as always, you can find us on Twitter at FriendshipNH. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at Friendship News Hour. And you can always send us an email at bummerdo.media at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Any feedback you have, any suggestions for ways we can make the show a little less doom and gloom. We'd love to hear it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that pretty much does it for us, man. I guess we will uh, do this again on Friday. Yep. Thanks for listening. See you then. Bye-bye.